<coughs> we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Prez and A-Dub. It's time to bear down. Let's get it. We got you, Sean. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. On today's show, we will recap the Bears' 38-3 defeat against the Tampa Bay Bucks. And A-Dub, this one here was an embarrassing, embarrassing, embarrassing loss. Definitely an embarrassing loss, but also a tough game to watch, Chris. Oh, God, that shit was brutal. With that loss today, A-Dub, we dropped the three and four. And just so you thought we couldn't get any worse, <laughs> They just found another way to just make us just like shake our heads at this damn team and this season, man. This is one of those games that really humbles you as a front office, as players as well. It should. The fan base, I'm sure we all not only humbled. Shit, that shit, that was a slap to the face. My God. <laughs> I was over here. I was like, how dare you slap me? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we both got slapped on that one, man. I couldn't believe what I was seeing today, but I didn't think it would get this bad. I'm not calling for the man's job, but Matthew Nagy, this loss right here, this is going to be on his obituary when they fire him at the end of the season. (laughs) The lose like this, I mean, not getting anything done on the offensive side of the table press, that hurts really bad. And it comes on the heels of just last week, that frustrating loss that we had against the Packers, eh, Doug? Now the offense in that game, only scored 14 points. Today, only three. So you have two games that your offense only scores 17 points, and you happen to be playing against two legends in the game and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. You ain't going to win those games. This is supposed to be a, going against the Buccaneers team that has a banged up secondary, and we only get three points, Prez. Three. Speaking of which, that was one of my keys of this ball game, attacking that Tampa Bay secondary because – The injuries, like we talked about on our preview show. Well, that didn't happen today. The receivers got no separation out there. And in those drops by not only the receivers, but Cole Komet had an awful drop. We didn't attack that Tampa Bay secondary at all today. Not at all. I saw my boy Money Moon have a drop out there. That was multiple drops. Exactly. Could have called that. The bank was closed for sure. And I couldn't believe I was seeing, Brez. The second key I had, which we didn't hit on this one either, Putting that pressure on Tom Brady with that front four, not blitzing him. Well, guess what? No sacks today. And Tom Brady had all the time in the world in the pocket today. He had a hell of a lot of time in that pocket today. I mean, that dude was flipping burgers and everything, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we joked about that at, at the bar today. Yeah, he not only was he had time to flip burgers, but he had time to go get some cheese from the kitchen, come back out and throw <laughs> that shit on the grill. No, Tom Brady, man, he, he, was, he was just having a field day out there today. Didn't even bust a sweat. <laughs> no, that man was sitting there on that sideline, had that, that damn cap on backwards. He had <laughs> yeah, with that cap uh, turned backwards, man, that kind of pissed me off. I'm like, this dude just chilling. You would have been like that, too. You had him like that. You had Mike Evans over there laughing at us. You got their stupid defense rolling in the damn end zone. They were just having a <laughs> fucking field day out there. You would hope that we were done something to stop all that. No, we ain't do nothing. Hey, Doug, let's review your keys real quick. So your first key, the Bears got to convert on third downs, and you was like, we got to extend these drives. We didn't do it, Prez. We did not do it at all. That hurt badly. 
Yeah, I'm like thinking about extended drives. I'm like, shit, you didn't extend nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. That sucked. And then your your second key, the Bears secondary. You're like, they got to neutralize those Bucks and their deep ball attack. Didn't do that at all either. When the Bucks decide they want to throw the ball long, deep press, they did it. They executed. Yeah, and Mike Evans, he got loose today, bro. He got loose. Yeah, he got loose. It looked too good for me, man. I, I, that kind of pissed me off, though. I thought that maybe we can hold him down, but we couldn't. No, we definitely couldn't. So, now let's look at our Week 7 predictions that we made. So, going into this matchup, you and I both said the Bucs are going to win this game. Right. You had it 28-20. I had it 31-20. Now, what you and I were hoping for was, hey, let's see if we can keep this game competitive. And that's why all the keys that we brought up here, audience, if you think about it, if they would have done any of the combination of these things, they could have stayed in this ball game. However, they didn't do any of these things. None of our keys were hit, and that's why we got blown out today. And those keys that we thought, we thought it would keep us in the game. You know, they do some of these things right. Play well, attack the secondary. So I'm going to segue over to some of my key storylines I had heading into this matchup, A-Dub. So the first one, and I talked about this in our preview show, Tom Brady, he lost when he came in here to Soldier Field last year. A couple Bucks players, they talked about how they had this game circled on their calendars. So, right. the game to me today was Tom Brady's little revenge game. He wanted to get even with the Bears because he got embarrassed against us last year. And I would say this, A-Dub, I think Tom Brady, <laughs> he did himself well in this ball game. Four touchdowns. <laughs> he hit his 600 touchdown uh, in the NFL in this game today. I mean, Tom Brady did whatever he needed to do in this ball game. He did. Congratulations on his 600, you know, uh, TD pass. I give him that, you know, that credit there. But yeah, he did what he wanted to do against us, Perez, and he got revenge and some. And like you said, and then some. <laughs> yep. <laughs> My other uh, key storyline, A-Dub, and this is one that I was in, when it happened over the course of the week, I said, damn, man, we just getting hit and hit by this COVID. So the Bears, they have four guys. In addition to the four guys, a wide receiver coach, Mike Furry, all out on the COVID list. So we already knew about Robert Quinn. But we had right. Caleb Johnson, we had Jimmy Graham, and then Elijah Wilkinson. And so when I looked at that, I said, okay, Wilkinson's a starter that we have in there. Graham hasn't really been utilized as much, but Robert Quinn. So you had two key starters that were out due to COVID. And I think that both of those losses in that lineup, it, it had a, an impact on what we saw in this game today. With Elijah Wilkinson out, Lachavia Simmons, ended up starting at right tackle. And we saw what ended up happening there. Lechavius Simmons got knocked out of the game early because he wasn't getting the job done, replaced right. by Alex Bars. Robert Quinn, he was out, replaced by Travis Gibson. I didn't see much of Travis was doing out in the pass rush. You know, I'll have to watch the film on that a little bit more this week. But I didn't see anything there that he took advantage of that opportunity, Doug. These guys from the Buccaneers were able to load up on Khalil Mack. And with Robert yep. Quinn there, you know, it's tough for them to do that. As we've seen so far in this season, Robert Quinn and Mac looks great together. We didn't kind of see that today when it comes down to Mac and Gibson. Mac definitely got uh, neutralized in this ball game because the Bucs were able to maul him, and, and that's right. what happens. I mean, the Bucs also have a really good offensive line as well, so it was going to be a tough too. challenge, especially without having Robert Quinn there. Like I said in the preview pod, if you're not getting pressure on Brady in the middle, in that pocket, then you're doomed, and we didn't get that there. Hakeem Hicks was out in this ball game today. That was a big loss. And he was one of the inactives, they dub Tyshawn Gibson was out. Rashad Perryman, he's been inactive all season. And then Nick Foles was inactive as well. But when I saw that Hakeem Hicks wasn't going to be playing in this ball game, I said, oh, boy. I said, where's that pressure going to come from now? 
And we needed one of those other guys to step up, whether it was Goldman, Nichols, and it didn't happen. That just shows you how much we miss Hicks. I mean, think about these guys leaving a rush on us, Chris, without um, Hicks being there. They gassed us. They gassed us. So when we look at the NFC North, A-Dub, the Packers, they're rolling. They won again today. They beat the Washington football team 24 to 10. They moved to 6-1. and one. They got a very mm. comfortable lead there in first place in this division. The Lions are going to Lions. They fall to 0-7, A-Dub, and they lost again. 28-19 against the Rams. You said it best, Brass. The Lions are the Lions. <laughs> but this is the thing, man. Like, and I always say this. It's tough for me to, like, get my little jokes off against the Lions with the way that I feel right now after this loss. We got embarrassed on national TV yet again. And you and I, we were sitting there with Big Dave and, and our boy DC, and we was watching that Lions game. And even though the Lions was kind of keeping it close, what did I tell y'all? I say they're going to find a way to lose this game. And they did. Exactly <laughs> how you said it. Exactly how you called it out. That's what happened. Well, as I mentioned, A-Dub, man, we were embarrassed again on national TV, a blowout loss. I mean, this is this is awful. I mean, I know that the Tampa Bay Bucks that are reigning Super Bowl champions, A-Dub, but <laughs> this game, it felt like it was over damn near immediately. Like, it, it was crazy. Like I said, last week's loss, I was still upset and pissed off about that Packers game, even though I said that I thought the Packers were going to win. It still didn't change the fact that I was disappointed. But right. then now we go from that frustrating game to just being embarrassed. This was an embarrassment. As a fan base, it was humiliating. This game was over pretty much when it started, but for sure we saw that it was over by halftime. I mean, we couldn't get nothing right. It's like we couldn't start off right. <laughs> we couldn't stay in drives. We couldn't do anything. It was just a disaster from there after the first couple of possessions. Yeah, because for me, I knew this damn game was over, and it was probably even earlier than this play that I'm getting ready to call out. But when Tom Brady hit Mike Evans for that nine-yard touchdown pass in the first quarter, that game was over to me. Because I was like, okay, there's no way with that offense, the way it's been playing this season, there's no way they're going to fucking come back when we're down 21 nothing. So, Because that touchdown that Mike Evans got there, it was 21 points that they had scored us in the first quarter. At that point, you're like, uh-oh, this is trouble, big trouble. But I thought we were done, Prez, when that interception came. I said, okay. We throw interception like this. We already had a couple possessions that looked bad already. Now interception, this is definitely going to go bad for us. Now, I would say this, too, and this is something that I shared with you earlier. Those first few touchdowns weren't on the defense. Now, when you look at that score, you look at, damn, the defense gave up those you know, early touchdowns. But the thing that we have to realize in this ball game is that Tampa Bay was in Bears territory a majority of this game today. That's hard Correct. for any defense to defend. So the defense was not put in the best position today. And what do you think is going to happen when you go against a future Hall of Fame player in Tom Brady? You're going to give him that type of field position at home? Of course he's going to carve you up. Three of their first four possessions was in Bears territory, Brez. And I knew at that point, I said, oh, this is troubling for sure. If you give Brady that much of a short field, he's going to do damage. And that's what he did. That's exactly what he did. Now, when it comes to Justin Fields, now I know that there was a lot of people where we were at today that were making comments about Justin Fields. I've even had some screenshots that were shared with me for some people that they were like, man, what's going on with Bears Twitter, man? Bears Twitter's on fire right now. People are going after Fields. They're going after Nagy. They're like, hey, we want you guys to discuss this on the show. And I'm like, you act like we weren't going to talk about this anyway. Like, what are you talking about? So, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but when I look at this situation with Justin Fields, and I want to get your thoughts on it as well. 
I don't think this kid stands any chance of developing as long as Matt Nagy is in charge. Now, it doesn't matter if Bill Lazor's calling the plays, Matt Nagy's calling the plays. This is still Matt Nagy's scheme, his play design. And I keep telling that to people. I just told Big Dave that on our preview pod. It don't matter if it's Bill Lazor versus Matt Nagy. It's the same bullshit. Matt Nagy is going to ruin this kid if something doesn't change here. He has not shown us in these four years that he is able or even capable of developing a quarterback. I'm not even going to bring up the other quarterback's name. Right. I'm only focus here on Justin Fields. And what I'm looking at right now, I don't like what I'm seeing from Justin Fields. I'm seeing regression in this game today with Justin. I'm seeing Justin being frustrated. If you saw his body language, and we're talking about body language, yes. His body language didn't look good in the game today. Justin looked like he was over it. And you can't blame the kid. He's got no time to throw the fucking football. He's getting hit. But he also didn't play well. But the people around him still aren't helping him. We talked about it earlier. The receivers are dropping passes. Darnell Mooney, catch the fucking football, bro. Absolutely. Catch the fucking football. Allen Robinson, get open. And that offensive line, do your fucking job. Lachavius Simmons, I don't even want to comfort him too much because you're putting a lot on somebody that was a seventh-round draft pick last season to come up against this damn Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. That's asking a lot of him, right? That's why I had a lot of fucking heat towards Ryan Pace, A-Dub, because he trotted out this offensive line this year and thought this was the offensive line that was going to make this team be successful in 2021, A-Dub. This line is not that great. And then, like you said, all this stuff that's surrounding Justin Fields, uh, why he's also not performing like he would like him to do, it's so much drama around them, Press, that are not being executed effectively, like you were saying. And this all plays a big factor in Justin Fields' success. Yeah, it, it really does, because... Our concern and our primary concern is the future of this franchise. Justin Fields is that future. Matthew Nagy, he is not. And this is why, A-Dub, I was concerned that they brought him back this season. Because I said, he don't deserve to develop and coach up the next quarterback that they bring in here. And look at what's going on right now. This ain't it. This game is another reminder of why Matt Nagy shouldn't even have been brought back this season, but he definitely cannot be allowed to come back next season. And I don't care if they end up getting hot and winning some games down the stretch again to save this guy's job. I'm sorry. Should not be enough. But the key thing you hit on, Prez, a little bit earlier was around the fact of of our quarterback getting better. He's not getting any better. It's like he made any progression to the next level. It seems like he was missing blitzes and reads. You thought he would probably know by now, right? And this is all on Nagy in a way. He's going to help this guy get better in these things, be able to read the defense and know what's going on. I didn't see a lot of that in this game here to say, you know what? He's getting it. He's he's going to the next level with it. It took a while in this game for him to even realize what the hell was happening to him. Yeah, but I also kind of feel like a part of that also has to be with, imagine the ball getting snapped to you. You got one second and somebody's already reaching and grabbing at you. So I get that. But I think when I look at this, I don't think it was a matter of, Justin Fields with the missing of progressions, which he did do. He turned the ball over. I get those things. But I think when you look at this system, this system does not fit what this kid does well. This offense doesn't work. It's broken. It hasn't worked. In four years, this offense has not worked. What we have seen time and time again under this Matt Nagy regime is that when they play against top talent or top competition, they get blown out. They're never ready to win these matchups. They never seem like they're ready. These other teams just come and punch us in the mouth and we fall back. 
I mean, the game plan and all press, the preparation doesn't look good at all. We take nothing away from some of these teams and it come back to haunt us. Yeah. And the point that I brought up also on the preview pod, A-Dub, I talked about those issues that happened with not only Jalen Johnson with being late or whatever the hell happened there, but the fact that he made that decision to post that shit on Instagram. And then with Eddie Jackson kind of going after Lance Briggs a little bit, it made me wonder, is Matt Nagy losing control over this team? Then we see today in the game, and I look over at you and I'm like, why is Bilal Nichols throwing punches? Haven't we coached this idea these guys not to throw punches in games? So he gets ejected hey. in the ball game today. Well, we're already short because Hakeem Hicks is out. Right, right. That is so unfortunate to see that happen. It's like, come on, guy. You know we're shorthanded already. To make a bad decision like that, to swing on somebody, that's so unfortunate. And, of course, he's going to get kicked out of the game for doing that. He should have known better, man. And hopefully he can think about that, about the decision he made, and hopefully don't make those decisions in the future. But right now, we don't need that kind of stuff. This is why I want to make a public service announcement to Bears Twitter, Chicago Bears fans, and just all of Bears Nation. I think that it's really tough to not only criticize Justin Fields, you can't even really truly evaluate him right now because he's in this scheme that doesn't work. His play caller slash head coach or whatever the fuck, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So until we get Matt Nagy out of the equation here, it's going to be unfair to evaluate Justin Fields because we don't really know what we have yet. We know that he's got that potential to be our QB1, but as far as seeing that on the field week in and week out, we're not going to see that until we get someone else in here that can help this kid get to that next level. Because it looks like every time we hear Matt Nagy speaks, press, it's all about the past. I got to go back and look at film. When you spend all that time looking at film, how are we preparing for the next game? <laughs> you know, you're trying to figure out what we did wrong, but if some of those things will help us in the next game, you know, or the scheme or things of nature. So I wonder with Matt Nagy, man, that, like you said, he may not be the right guy for us. The point is we're going to have to find somebody that's able to give Justin Fields the best opportunity moving forward. Nah, he's definitely not the right guy. He's There's no quarterback that's ever going to be successful under him. There's no quarterback that how, you can't succeed in this system. This system no. doesn't work. And it's a bad system. I got something for, for George McCaskey here, A-Dub. Now, I remember when the Bears fired Lovey Smith after he went 10-6. and six. And This was two yep. years after he made it to the NFC Championship game. Yep. He was fired for going 10-6. and six. And when they asked McCaskey, why is it that you fired this man? He said, because Lovey wasn't meeting his standard. And so I thought about that. Even at the time, I said, okay, well, I get it. You guys don't feel that 10-6 is good enough. I didn't poo-poo that too much. But when I look at the fact now that they have accepted mediocrity under this Matt Nagy regime here in Chicago, what the fuck are you talking about, George, talking about a standard? The standard here is the bar is super low when you allow this guy to come back this season. What are we doing here? You fire Lugby because you call yourself holding him accountable because you're like, hey, we're the Chicago Bears. There's a certain standard here, and we got to reach that standard. But then where's that accountability now where you got the coach that's coming in here and he's got this broken office where you brought him here to fix the fucking office? What's then you're talking about? Because I don't see a good standard set in place when it comes down to our offense. And I'm sorry, but I caught a little glimpse of Matt Nagy. He gave a little speech in the locker room and shit, and he was over there telling the players, let's have this count as one loss, not four losses. Matthew, shut the fuck up. <laughs> he was trying to get these guys to, to not focus too much on his game, but it's not the first game where we looked that bad for his. This is just another opportunity here. So 
When are we going to get this resolved? When are we going to get this fixed? How much more time do you need with this offense? I don't know, man. But I'll tell you this, listeners, fans, it's unlikely that the Bears are going to fire Nagy after this game. The Bears, they just don't do that kind of shit. Because if they would, right, they would have fired Mark Trestman during that era because Mark Trestman was a horrible coach. Horrible. They didn't fire him. Don't expect them to do that shit with Nagy right now. They're, they're not going to do it. But my biggest gripe about this is, okay, now we have lost back-to-back games, as I mentioned, three and four. But this loss was brutal. 38-3 to three loss, man. We never had a chance at this ball game. And now, A-Dub, this is the second time in the last three seasons that we're three and four after the first seven games of the season. That's not a good look. The fact we just lost two in a row. I mean, are we going to continue losing or are we going to turn things around? But the fact is, we lost two in a row against two good teams. Oh, that's a fair point. So, A-Dub, looking back on this game offensively, what do you think was the main culprit? What, what did you like about the game plan? And what do you think that was like the main reason why we lost today or why we didn't get anything going? The main reason I think we lost, Chris, is that uh, we couldn't extend drives that we talked about as one of the keys. Um, and that pretty much goes into the play calling. You know, what we setting Justin Fields up for success and when it was play calling. I thought we were able to run the football decently, but when it came down to having to pass the ball and knowing that the Bucs had a weakness, we couldn't do anything with that. So you talk about game plan, what could we really see in the game plan when things came a disaster, even on our first drive with Justin Fields getting sacked? NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sport Contest. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and you win $200 in free bets if they win. You win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, this offer is only for new customers. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now back to the show. Those turnovers by Justin today, inexcusable. You know, the one with Mooney where the ball bounced off him, he's got to make that catch. So that pick... That was not on Justin, but Justin also fumbled the ball. There were times to the point that you were making a dub. That internal clock didn't go off in Justin's head. He didn't feel the pressure. He's got to realize that in the NFL, the speed of this game is faster than it is in college. You got to get rid of the football. You can't hold on right. to the football because you hold on to the football, you're going to get sacked. And worse, you're going to lose that football because these guys in the NFL, they're coming to swat that thing out of there. That's correct. These guys are quick, man. These pass rushes, they're coming hard, man. So we got to be able to make a quick move. And I thought when he did make quick moves, Fred, it was in his favor. Things worked out well. No, it's, it's a fair point. But, I mean, I, I still got to get back to the fact that this is going to be a game that he's going to learn from. 
honestly, when I look at this kid, I just don't want to see situations where he's on the sideline and he's just looking like defeated. That's not the Justin Fields that we're used to. That's not the Justin Fields that we saw in college. This kid's a winner. And you can tell that losing is taking a toll on him because he's not used to losing. You make a good point there, Press. I heard him in the press, you know, uh, the post-game interview where he was talked about that, that he wasn't used to this kind of a losing. But he's going to go back to the drawing board, you know, look himself in the mirror, take it what it is, and learn from it, right? His experience here, that's me paraphrasing what he said. But the point you're making there, man, is that he has to be able to, to develop in these key areas, man, so that he can be successful down the road. You cannot hold that football too long, for sure, because th- these guys are coming. You got to feel that pressure, like you mentioned, right? So these are things that he has to be aware of on every play. Because, first of all, our line is not great. That's something we all we all know about that. One point that I wanted to piggyback off of, though, is with what you were talking about with Justin as far as offensively. I thought from the standpoint of the running game today, we were able to yep. run the football on the number one rushing defense in the league. However, we're a very one-dimensional football team, eh, Doug? We've only thrown three passing touchdowns. Now, I made a bold prediction this offseason that Darnell Mooney would have 10 touchdowns receptions on the season. It's looking like that prediction doesn't have much of a chance when you look at the fact that we're not getting things going offensively, especially passing the football. That's not winning football. When you're a one-dimensional football team, you can't win that way, bro. You talked about Money Moon. I had him be probably be one of those guys who I thought would be a pro bowler um, this year if he had a great season, like you were saying, with the 10 touchdowns and the catches and all that stuff. But apparently, that's not looking good at all. We can run the football well. Now, that's one thing that offensive line does. It opens up holes for those running backs, whether it's Montgomery, whether it's Herbert, and even we've seen it with Williams as well. But right, it's tough on your offense as well when you put yourself in these bad spots, which when you look at it, the offense was the ones that put our defense in these holes. We talked about it with the field position game. Now that offense is down multiple touchdowns. That's tough. Very tough. When you're down that big, you got to throw the football. You know, so can you throw it effectively? Because the clock is against you now when you're that deep of a hole, right? So you can't throw the football effectively, press. We're in trouble. And you make a good point, man. We are one-dimensional here. We got to come to terms, the realization of that, and realize how we're going to have to fix that. No, that's fair. And because of the offense's inability to extend drives, to get anything going in that passing game, to protect the football, like I said earlier, it forced that Bears defense to play with his back against the wall for damn near the entire game. You can't beat Tom Brady playing like that, man. You just can't. Yeah, you can't beat Tom Brady playing that way. You can't beat Tom Brady with turnovers. You know, you can't beat Tom Brady without standing drives. We don't do those things well on the offensive side of the ball, man. Against the GOAT, Brady, we're in trouble. And this is a game to where we got nothing done. No, we, we got absolutely nothing done. Now, I want you to get your thoughts defensively, A-Dub. What did you like and what didn't you like today? I thought defensively, Perez, in the first half, we let those guys do whatever they want to do in that short field. They were able to run the football against us. They were able to throw it against us. I did not like that at all. Second half, we've done some things different where we were able to cover better. We were able to stop some of those running plays better. So we kept them out the end zone, especially in the red zone, when they got there. Looking back to the short drives or the short fields that, that Brady was playing on, that contributed a lot to those points that they gave up. Because 31 of those 38 points came when the Bucks had the short field. And <laughs> nine of the 13 Bears drives today ended in the punt 
or turnover. I want you guys to hear that again. <laughs> Over half of the drives today on offense for the Bears ended in either a punt or a turnover. That is not winning football. That is not a recipe for success. That means we couldn't move the ball at all, Perez, or get nothing going on the offense side of the ball with those statistics. But that's why when I when I think about the defense here, I do give the defense a little bit of fucking credit today because they were put in a, an unenviable situation. You're going up against Tom Brady, the GOAT. Now, I know that they struggled on defense today, but they also were put in some bad spots. So I kind of look at this and I'm like, it's kind of tough to pin this all on the defense. Now, yeah, they got gashed in the running game. Joseph Fournette was running at will. I agree. And then Tom Brady, he went off. When you let these guys do both, run the football effectively and throw it effectively, you can't win that way against Tom Brady. You're giving them too much ground. Now, this is the thing, too. Somebody went in our mentions and was like, oh, you know, he's like, I didn't think Tom Brady played all that great of a game. He only threw for 211 yards. And A-Dub, you know how I am about, like, with these stats. Oh, you know, I'm like the over-leverage stats. And I say, okay, Mr. Stat Guy, do you know why he only passed for 211 yards? Because we turned the fucking football over in their territory most of the damn game, so he didn't even need to go down the field. Exactly. Short field. Short field. <laughs> Like, what are we talking about? Are you watching the football game? Are you watching what's going on here? And that's why I'm getting frustrated with fans that are taking shots at Justin Fields, saying that all the kids going to be a bust and this and that. No, give the kids some time here. Let's stop comparing him to what happened with Jay Cutler. Let's stop comparing him to what happened to Mr. Trubisky. Justin Fields is Justin Fields. Give the kid an opportunity here. This was not a good game for him. He's going to rebound from it. And I know some people want to say, they didn't like the body language. They thought he was pouting. They thought this and that. Okay, fine. But you put yourself in that kid's position and you see how you would have looked in that game. This is one of those games to where things didn't go well. The kid, yeah, he was frustrated. Absolutely, he's frustrated. This was a total disaster overall, not just with him. Not many people played well in this game at all. So I can't be mad at Justin Fields. I mean, he wasn't pouting to me. I thought he was like really beat, beating himself up. You asked me, Chris, looked like he was looked down over there. You know, on the sidelines, like, man, another turnover, you know, or things didn't go well. So it was a little frustrating game for him. So I totally get it. Yeah, I think what it is, he's got expectations from himself. His expectations for himself is probably higher than our expectations for him. So he probably Agreed. was disappointed in his play. We got to let the kid continue to grow. I mean, he's not the only rookie quarterback that's playing this season. We talked about this already. Some of these other rookie quarterbacks were struggling as well, Press. Give Justin Fields some time. The kid is still developing. We knew this is what happened. Once he became the starter, there's some growing things that come along with this. Yeah. And we said that, and that's why you and I were not such in a hurry to rush him out there. But once you went to Justin, right. there was no going back because we kind of felt like, hey, maybe he might not be ready. But think about it. He's the only rookie quarterback that's had some struggles. But right. in the long term, he's going to be better for it. Exactly. He's getting an opportunity to play now. He, you know, getting the snaps, getting the opportunity, getting the reps in. So, hey, he's going to learn for each and every rep he can get, man. So, I'm uh, I'm still high on Justin Fields. We just got to calm down, relax when you have a bad game, man, and not let this go overboard. Right, exactly, brother. All right, A-Dub, let's give out some game balls. Who's getting your game ball on offense? I will give it to Herbert on offense, man. I thought he's still running the football well. The kid is showing us that prayers that you and I talked about it already. He can take the workload. So, for me, I like the fact that Herbert, what he's been doing, the kids pretty much going to be the guy that's going to be our second string running back, you know, going forward because he's showing the ability to do damage. 
Oh, yeah, he's definitely moved up to that number two spot. The kid's great vision. He runs with power, runs with some really good bursts. I mean, he had some runs where he was just taking off. He wasn't going down. And I know a lot of people say, hey, Herbert's a small guy, but he don't run that way. Right. He runs violent, and I love that. I love the way he runs, bro. You are so correct with that. That's a great game ball recipient. And he got his first career 100-yard rushing game. I heard you and Big Dave over there talking about that. That's huge. (laughs) Yeah, Hughes, man. He's showing that, hey, you know what? I can hold it down. I'm not saying I'm Montgomery, but I'm not that bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Chris? And you hit it right on the head. This is against one of the best defensive teams that stopped the run, man. He yep. did great against those guys. Yeah, they got the best run defense. He went over 400 on him. And this is the thing, too, that I liked about those rushing yards. They were garbage yards. He was getting those in the first half when we yep. were still trying to get into the game. It wasn't like he was doing it in the fourth quarter when they took their damn foot off the gas. He was getting those yards when it counted. Exactly. Most of his attempts came in that first half. And he caught the ball out of the backfield as well. So I think that was a well-deserved game ball, brother. Yes, sir. I'm going to give mine to Cairo Santos. <laughs> we, only, we only scored three points. But guess who scored? <laughs> My boy Cairo. Santos. Yes, sir. Santos. Yes, sir. Salute. Salute, Santos. He's, that's his man. It's perfect. Seven to seven on the season. And now 35 consecutive field goals dating back to the last season, A-Dub. That is the longest active streak in the NFL, brother. Man, I can't do nothing but salute to an underdog. <laughs> you know, I got to call him underdogs. You know how he got on board with the team, right? He was cut and we signed him back. So salute to Santos for doing great. We have no words when it comes down to a kicker. Nope. As I've said before, it's a beautiful thing not to have to worry about the kicking position. At least that's one position that we don't have to fucking worry about. <laughs> right, exactly. Good job, Santos. All right, on defense, man, who's getting your game ball? This is kind of tough for me, you know, uh, but I did go with Roquan Smith. I thought he'd done a better job, you know, um, you know this game here. Uh, than I seen him probably in the previous one, you know, but he actually held it down. He was all across the field press, trying to make some things happen, man. So got to give it Roquan Smith. He's got some very good tackles in this game. I'm giving mine to uh, Ogletree. He forced the fumble there on defense, but we lost that damn turnover battle in this game 5-1. to one. When you lose the turnover battle in the NFL, it's hard to yeah. win, especially against the Bucs, right? I agree. But I just have to give him credit because, hey, we talked about it in preseason, that takeover bucket, right, that Sean Desai incorporated here. Our defense has to be in that mindset of getting that football away from the opposing team. So shout-out to him for getting that, that takeaway. We needed a little bit more today, but I have to get a game ball to him. And he had four tackles today. So I yeah. thought Ogletree was pretty solid. He was. He was solid, man. You're right, Fred. Salute to Ogletree, man. He hasn't played bad all when you think about it, though. But definitely, he did step his game up today. Yeah, he's been steady. He's been steady. Yep. All right, man. So who is your bear down, your underperformer for week seven? My underperformer for week seven is Sam Mustafa. He has to do a better job under center, man. With directing that line press and making sure we're all on board, but also making sure he, people not running through him either, you know? So I just thought that with Sam Mustafa, with that almost near turnover he had, with not <laughs> getting the ball off the ground to Fields, you got to do better than that, man, those snaps. So for me, I got to throw out Sam Mustafa. All right. For mine, it's going to be Matt Nagy. Now, Chavius <laughs> Simmons, he was kind of like close on my list as well. Yep. But I feel like kind of calling him out would be a little bit unfair because that's asking for a lot from a guy, like I said, who was a former seven-round draft pick. They called the guy up off the practice squad when Elijah Wilkinson went down at the last minute. And Elijah Wilkinson hasn't been that good himself. So anyway, that's the, the point of the matter story. is, <laughs> yeah, point of the matter here is I'm not going to give my underperformer to him. 
I'm going to okay. give mine to Matthew Nagy. I think this game today has to be the nail in his coaching coffin here in Chicago. It has to. And I don't think that they're going to fire him tomorrow. I think at the end of the season on Black Monday, I think that's when they're going to say, Matthew, you're relieved of duty. Because after what we saw here, there's no way that anybody should have faith that this guy has what it takes to get this offense figured out, has what it takes to get this team competing against some of the top teams in the league, and this guy has what it takes to beat the fucking Green Bay Packers. All we've seen from Matt Nagy is a great 2018 season followed up by a bunch of mediocre seasons. He's living off of 2018. That was three goddamn years ago. I know you talked about that 2018 with Nagy, several cages, man. But you're right. He can't get the job done. And the fact is, I look at this whole thing, Chris, is around preparation. What is the preparation? What's the preparation to attack them on offense? Only thing we've seen is a good running game that we talked about, Chris. When it came down to pass attack, we see nothing. That falls on Matt Nagy for sure. So, yeah, to your point about preparation, it was obvious that he didn't have his team ready to play. And it's too many times that we're seeing these situations where this team isn't ready to play. And especially on the national stage, we're getting embarrassed. That's not a good look. You don't want to keep getting blown out on national TV. No, you don't, man. It is embarrassing. And you know what's crazy, though, Perez? <laughs> when I saw this game, that first punt, when they got good field position, I said, man, come on now. Now we get up all this yardage here. You know, we pick, we punt the football. Come on, man. To Brady and Co., we can't be doing these things. So you're right. All around preparation, man. Not just with the offense, but even special teams, Perez. This is not good. So Matt Nagy is my bear down, my underperformer for week seven. I don't think he has what it takes. He's just not a good football coach. Great leader of men as far as keeping the locker room together, as I've said many times on this show. Awful yep. play caller, doesn't make adjustments, stubborn. Just, I just don't, he just doesn't have what it takes. I definitely don't want him developing Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is going to regress the longer that he's under Mad Nagy. We don't have time to see Justin Fields losing his confidence. We can't afford that shit. We got to make sure that we're getting this kid on track. And I have to give Mad Nagy another fucking little dose here. Why aren't you over there talking to that rookie quarterback on the sideline after he's coming off the field? Why is he sitting there in his own thoughts? Why is Dalton the only one that's talking to the kid? You should be over there talking to that quarterback. That should be Matt Nagy time to go over there to the quarterback, just the fields, and give him a little small pep talk, whatever it is. Do that. This is a game. It's a big game at that. So you not talking with him at all and letting him be, that may not be a good thing at all. So that falls on Matt Nagy for sure. Well, I'll just say this, A-Dub. Looking ahead to week eight here, we got the 49ers coming here to Soldier Field. Very winnable game, in my opinion. The Niners, you know, are one of those teams that I look at them and I say, okay, well, you guys are kind of in a similar predicament as us as well. Their offense is pretty hit or miss, inconsistent. And so right. I think this is a game that we could bounce back from and beat them. However, my concern looking at this matchup is what are we going to see offensively? What are we going to see as far as the game plan with utilizing Justin Fields? Because we know Justin Fields can bounce back from a tough game. Think about from that Cleveland Browns game and how he came back the next week and Justin was solid. Right. I have faith that this kid will put this game in the rearview mirror, who I don't have faith in are the people that are here to call the plays for him in that offense. Now, if they stick to what works for them, running the football, timely plays on offense, not putting the defense in tough spots, 
we could be good. If they cannot do that, it's going to be tough, man. Another tough um, outing for us on the offensive side. Also, too, I'm looking at this here, and I'm like, okay, this defense. I think the defense has to be put in some better spots. We can't put them in, in these situations where their backs are up against the wall, where they're on the field an unnecessarily amount of time, an unnecessary amount of time. We can't do that to them because you can't expect for them to continue to bail us out. We got to get more balance on this team. And I think looking ahead to this matchup against the Niners, we got to have more balance. The offense has to do more. The offense has to take some pressure off of the defense. The running game, which has been great, we got to get more of that. But we got to get more balance. We got to get Darnell Mooney making plays. We got to find A-Rob. We got to utilize the fucking tight ends. The tight ends got to fucking catch the ball. We got to get Jesse James out there. We talked about it earlier today how Jesse James and Justin Fields had a great chemistry. We talked about it here on this show. Dating back to training camp when Justin was working with the twos. He showed the fact that he and that guy had chemistry with one another. So I think it's important. If he's got chemistry with the guy, get the guy out there on the field. Jesse James made a couple plays today. That's part of putting Justin Fields in a good situation. You're right. Jesse James and Justin Fields, they do got a good chemistry, man. I would love to see that continue to thrive, you know, with giving Jesse James some more opportunity out there. So I would love to see that occur, man. But shit, another point is about our offense. It got to get better. Got to get better. Because we've shown we can sneak by some wins and get some of those borderline decent teams in the league. But what we haven't seen is the fact that we can't do that against your big-time teams, your Tampa Bay Bucks, your Green Bay Packers, and so forth. We haven't been able to beat those type of teams. Now, we just haven't stood a chance with them, and it's because of the head coach. I'm sorry, audience, if you guys are like, man, you're just picking on that. No, I've had enough. I've been on the fence about this guy for two and a half seasons. I told people back in 2018 that his offense was a gimmick, and it was. Teams have figured him out. He's not the offensive genius that we all thought that he was. It was cute, but it ain't so cute anymore. I hate it. I'm not a fan of it. And he is the reason why this team is going nowhere fast. Nowhere fast. This is a sinking ship right now, man. I'm with you there, Press. Offensive sinking for sure. And what you really hit on, Press, is the adjustments that Nagy has not made. When you think about your preparation, your preparation should include making adjustments. Where does he always have to talk about? Why does he always have to talk about going to fam? I got to go look at the fam, 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 fam. What are you looking at there, man? Make the adjustment. Why did that take so long to do it? Why can't we make adjustments during the game? Why always have you? I got to go back and review these films and look at what happened. He's been all the energy doing that. Again, are we preparing for the next game? When did we decide that? When? It's too late in the week. <laughs> you just spent all your time looking at what we did wrong for last week. That's just some generic cliche coach speak. For I don't have an answer for this shit, so I got to give you something. So we got to look at the film. I got to look at it. No, you don't have a clue. Because if you had a clue, you would have figured this shit out by now. How many years you need, bro, to figure out this offense? Shouldn't take that long, man. The fact that this guy cannot get this offense for us on track is very concerning. It's been concerning this entire season. It was concerning last season that you and I talked about. So here we are again. Yeah, it's the same fucking show. It's the same shit. Over and over again. I've seen this fucking movie before, and I'm sick of this movie. We're a broken record here. We've been seeing all of these things, and this shit keeps happening. So, first and foremost, 
for this to be any sort of a season that we as Bears fans can be any sort of proud of, they have to put Justin Fields in better spots. We have to stop letting this kid get hit the way he's getting hit. But I also need Justin Fields to stop holding on to the football so long. I need Justin Fields to have a little bit more awareness there in the pocket, to go through his progressions differently. If something doesn't feel right, get out of that pocket. Go get us some positive yards. That's what I need to see going forward. We cannot keep wasting this defense. We cannot keep wasting the prime of Khalil Mack on these teams when he's stuck with an offense that can't fucking get it done. That's not fair to this guy. Why have an elite pass rush on this team and you don't put him in a position where he can be successful? Khalil Mack deserves to be playing playoff games, meaningful playoff games. A lot of money spent on this defense between Khalil Mack and Quinn for sure. But you're right, Perez. Danny Jackson. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, which actually Jackson didn't do too bad today. He made some nice tackles today, so that's what's up. Yeah, it's about time, you know, and that's what you're supposed to do. You're getting paid all that money. I'm, I'm not going to give you a clap on the back for doing your fucking job. However, that's a good call out, A-Dub, because listen, if we're going to call him out for not making plays, then we should give him a little credit when he makes some tackles. So good job, Eddie, but that's what I expect to see from you. That's what you Agreed. should be doing. What I want to see more of from him is those game-changing plays that he was making in 2018. And I'm sick of talking right. about 2018. Fuck 2018. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that shit no more. I need these guys to step up now. 2021, what you got now? Show me something now, Nagy. What you got? What have you done for us lately? That's yeah. what we want to see. From Nagy, Eddie Jackson, big playmaker, be that, you know? Nagy, switch some things up, man. Get out of your own way. Do something different, you know? So, you know, even if you have to steal from other coaches, whatever they're doing, whatever you got to do to make our game scheme work. And matter of fact, and putting Justin Fields in great position. We know Justin Fields got some opportunity for us. He's doing a few, you know, already. So Justin has an idea what he needs to do differently. I wonder what Nagy has a clue of what he needs to do differently. If you're watching the same shit that I'm watching, he doesn't have a clue of what to do with this kid. And that's the problem because what we're seeing here is a quarterback that's frustrated. A quarterback right. that's starting to show you some signs of, hey, what the fuck's going on out here? And it rightfully so that he's feeling that way. Because as I mentioned earlier in the show, he ain't used to this shit. He ain't used to this. This is some raggedy shit. He's used to things rolling. He's used to being in good schemes, good systems, where the offense moves the ball. He's here in Chicago. And, I, <laughs> and this is the thing. On draft day, when we were all excited, I looked at you and I said, I don't trust the fucking head coach to get this kid to the next level. Right. You said it? And look at where we're at now. What I see who we need to do differently going forward, Prez, is when we think about our offense, we have an idea of what Justin Fields do great. I think it's going to be important to put our wide receivers that you talked about in good position. Whether it's in zone coverage that's out there they're going against, hey, where are they going to get into those gaps at? What player are we calling to get those guys and Money Moon in the gap or A-Rob in the gap? Cole commits somewhere in the gap sitting there to make a good catch, you know? Are we putting these other guys in great position? We got to do a better job with that. We got to do a better job at mixing things up as well, Perez, from passing to running football. We can't just run, run, run. We got to mix up a little bit to where, hey, we put Justin Fields in a good position to make accurate and good throws. Yep. Well, my last thing before we get out of here, man, is I got a message here for Ryan Pace. Get Nick Foles the fuck off this team. Trade his ass to the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason that we got $16 million going against our cap space and backup quarterbacks. There's no reason why Nick Foles should be on this roster. He's inactive every fucking week. 
taking up $6 million on his salary cap. Get him the fuck out of here. Fuck his feelings on where he wants to play. Send his ass to the Jets and let's be done with this shit. I'm sick of seeing him on his fucking roster. Get him the fuck off this team. And why are we worried about his feelings anyway? It shouldn't even matter. The bottom line is we're trying to make this football team better. Do the right, right thing there. That's it. Get an asset for him. Give him the fuck off this team. Now, A-Dub, as I mentioned, we are on to the San Francisco 49ers audience. This week, we're going to have a preview pod for you. We're going to be joined by a 49ers expert. We've had him on the show before, so be on the lookout for that. We're also going to have our winner circle show. I had a really good week here in week seven, so we'll be recapping that and giving you guys my peaks for week eight. A-Dub, you got anything on the way out? We got to come back this next game against the 49ers and play a hell of a lot better than what we played this week. That's what I got. All right, audience, you heard them. We appreciate you guys' continued support of the Barry Essentials Podcast. We love y'all, and we appreciate everything, and we are out. Thanks for listening to the Barry Essentials Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. We appreciate your continued support of our show. Bears Nation, come down with us. <laughs>